the weekly feed. Uh, it's the weekly feed. I'm Kyle Meredith. Elena and Patrick from Tennis, you are back. Mm-hmm. It's another record, uh, Ritual and Repeat. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. It, it's good to see you. Um, I feel like so much has happened, and, and we're going to be fair about this, um, because I think every interview up until uh, recently, there's always been a backstory thing that's of always course, had to be explained. Course. And this record seems like such the new birth for you guys that we're going to erase that. Thank you. And and give you an opportunity because I'm going to guess something else has happened in your life. Anything has happened in your life that you've had to have had more cool stories, believe it or not, at at, at this point. Yeah. Like if you had to start all over, what would it be? What would be the catch story now if if, if everything just started recently? If everything just started recently, it would be us. Um, I mean, the most immediate presence in our life is the band that we're doing now, which is so much newer and more imminent and than even the sailing trip now. Yeah. And yeah, when people ask about that, I'm like, I barely remember that. That feels like a dream. <laughs> what feels like a reality yeah. Yeah. is being on tour and like, you know, meeting with and working with some of our heroes musically mm-hmm. and Well, even just writing with a greater purpose, I feel like. Absolutely. I feel like our first album, it's like it's a documentary of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course there's a backstory with it and it makes it like romantic or whatever. Um, but these last few albums that we've put out, we've written with more purpose and we're trying to like communicate messages or ideas that are, I feel like beyond that documentary that Mm -hmm. was the first album. Sure. Yeah. I I feel like we're finally learning how to actually do something intentionally and feel like it's a true expression of ourselves creatively instead of just like a moment in time, like it's it's so different. It actually feels, even though it's our, this album Ritual and Repeat is not even remotely autobiographical, it feels so much closer to me than right. our first record did. Well, it's, it's interesting. I, I think artists might be one of the only uh, people that are kind of held to that kind of thing. Like, you're always attached yeah. to this yeah. one. Like Richie Havens once said, you know, I'll always be riding the Woodstock train. You know, yeah. or, or something like that. Like, if every album is a yearbook picture, and suddenly it's like you always have to be that awkward fourteen-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. There is like a weird connection, not just with you know the origin story of your music, but mm-hmm. even um, a friend pointed this out to me recently. I am pretty sure it was Joni Mitchell who said this, um, but I don't know for a fact. She said that being a musician, it's one of those weird. Um, you know, mediums as an artist where people want you to recreate the work oh, of art right, right. on demand mm-hmm. at any moment. Like you would never ask, you know, a master painter to repaint. Just keep doing that one over and over again. One, yeah, yeah. you know, on on command. Yeah. But you know, you write a song and there's magic in it, and it means something to you in that moment. But people expect you to perform it over and over again with the same <laughs> conviction for the next like however many decades that they happen. I mean, that you're lucky enough that right, they like your right, song, right. but there is this like weird ball and chain thing where you end up getting stuck to where you were years ago. It's an interesting lifestyle you guys have chosen. Apparently. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. think we really chose it. I think that's maybe the weirdest thing about our origin story uh, is that I don't think we chose this, or at least not intentionally. Not at first, but I'm so glad that yeah. we accidentally <laughs> didn't do this, and now we are. We yeah. sound like jerks for saying that, because <laughs> I know there's like tons of people who desperately want to do this. Yeah, 
but I, I was, I can say that because I was one of those people. Yeah. Like I tried my damnedest to do this for a living when I was in college. Like I literally worked my ass off in different bands and I tried like to intern with record labels and tried to play shows and none of the promoters would book me and all this stuff. And I literally got burned out from it, shut the door on the whole thing. I said I would never play music again. Threw in the towel. And then like, what, five years went by and then we started this band wow. unintentionally. I mean, a lot can happen in five years, mm-hmm. you know, just Apparently, to change, yeah. your, you know, change your entire path. I mean, five years, when you look back on five years, a lot happens in there and you could have done anything else. Especially yeah. at like that time in your life, those like formative years of going from like, you know, your teenage life through college and after mm-hmm. college, those years, I feel like I changed more per year than any other time in my life. Like these last five years, like... I haven't changed much. I think that makes, yeah, but I, I think just it makes yeah, so just yeah, just your hair quite a bit. But that makes a lot of sense because I mean, you have to like live some life before sure. you can write about it. Sure, that's the thing that like young, starving artists, you know, nineteen twenty, maybe don't know yet. They have to just like go get some experiences under their belt. And then it happens. Yeah. I, I know there is one little story that I'm sure you guys will be talking a lot about and it, it, that goes along with Ritual and Repeat and I guess ties in with the album title about having this writer's block and then suddenly you're mm-hmm. on yeah. a schedule to write, which is interesting. And and I want to kind of breeze past it uh, to another part, though, because you guys moved to Nashville. Yeah. We did. And, and you left Nashville because of, of whatever reason, but, I, but I, I was looking at that saying you guys accidentally... And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, a book was referred to you about mm-hmm. a, about uh, uh, ritual and, and whatever, um, yeah. schedules, right? Yeah, it was called Daily Rituals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and getting creative in that. And suddenly I thought, but that's how they write in Nashville. It, it almost seems yeah. so perfect. You know, when you, when you hear about mm-hmm. the country machine, you know, you go under fluorescent lighting at 9 a.m., mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, with another person that you've barely met. And then for these next three hours, we're going to write. Yeah. yeah. And here you are in Nashville accidentally doing it the Nashville way. I I mean, it wasn't, I feel like our night, like it wasn't so nine to five, like clock in, clock out as it was like us trying to get into like, you know, this, this weird moment where we would forget our conscious selves and then like hopefully our subconscious selves would speak a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, you have to trick yourself. You have to trick like your conscious, your inner critic and everything. You have to trick it away through just like pure, monotonous routine until like you get lulled into a stupor and you're just like playing piano playing piano and then you're like oh whoa what did i just do (laughs) like that was really good i think the difference or what i was trying to say mainly is that when we were done Mm -hmm. we would just you know go to sleep and then we'd wake up and do it over again we would never take a break and go like hang out with friends because we didn't have any well yeah we had no friends that was (laughs) Um, the only reason or we would never like take a break and go out to dinner it was always just like we just stayed in this house for months and months and months and through you this. You shouldn't be saying this because there's no reason why we didn't write like 17,000 <laughs> songs. Yeah, you, you guys make being a musician sound so romantic. Yeah. It was actually really fun. I, after so much touring the year yeah. before that, like I didn't care. I didn't want to see one pocket of the world. I was like, I don't want to oh, see sure. anything. Yeah. I don't want to get on a plane. I don't want to get in a car. I just want to be in this house and like watch these birds like outside of my window and play guitar today or read a book and um it's it's I needed that experience though in order to appreciate the Nashville way Mm -hmm. which I totally would have been critical of Mm -hmm. thinking that that wasn't true artistry or something but I do not feel that way anymore not Mm -hmm. at all 
Now you can throw on some hot country every now and then and get no. down with the Florida Georgia line. Oh right? my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, but no one who's ever, no artist who's ever done anything that I genuinely respect didn't have that like yeah. serious work ethic and, yeah. and a lot of diligence and a lot of just pure time poured into it. Yeah. With with everything that came before this and and labels as they are and as annoying as they are to an artist, uh, you guys were kind of lumped in with this kind of revivalist uh, uh, sound. Yeah, this album seems almost defiant mm-hmm. of that. Uh, how hard was it? I mean, this is a pop record. It is a great pop record. Thanks. This is to me the best thing that you guys have done, and I have just been in love with it since I've started listening to it. And I mean that. Um, in fact, I was really, I didn't I'm know blushing. that, I didn't know that you guys were on tour with Haim, but the first thing that I thought was, man, I wish they would go on tour with Haim, you know, yeah, it was awesome. because, you know, it's, it's, it's it, it is in that same vein, um, to change gears like that though. I mean, how hard is it? There is so many hooks on this record. How hard is it to, I mean, that, that seems hard to do to write one good hook in a song to come up with hook after hook after hook. I mean, that's gotta be maddening. Patrick's good at that. Yeah. He's like a hook machine. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Job. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, we our our style of writing is very much confused and we we <laughs> don't really way. stick to one method even though like we were like taking on these like ritualistic methods to create this album. Every song was treated in a very unique way. Yeah. So I think um you know, when trying to write the music to some song or you know, Elena trying to write the melody to some song um, we would come at it from a different angle every time. Yeah. So I think that was a way to keep it fresh and to keep, you know, like um, unique melodies and newness yeah. to every song. And I think one of the reasons why this record does sound a lot different is because over the years of releases and touring, we started to learn what we wished we were playing live. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we loved everything we wrote when we wrote Cape Dory, our first record, but after like, literally two months of touring that album it's 28 minutes surf beat every single song by the end we're like oh my god i'm having like insane dreams where you're the surf beat and it's like taunting me and i want to hear something else which just you know naturally pushed us in opposite directions and we started listening to shugiotis and funkadelic and you know, and I mean, we loved all of those things initially. It just took, you know, time and learning ourselves and what we wanted to be doing. And um, so that was definitely at the forefront of our mind when we wrote Ritual and Repeat. We tried to keep, um, like Patrick and I would write separately mm-hmm. and I would be like filling a need that I had. Like I wanted a song that could be sung kind of like an old, like a Carol King song that's mm-hmm. like almost like a standard, like an old standard mixed with a pop song. And then Patrick would want to play guitar like he's in a Built to Spill cover band or something. And together we would just keep melding these ideas that were just, you know, selfish fulfillments until But we that's ended the best up. way to go forward. Yeah. Right, like that. I mean, you know, without just picking one sound, like we're going to write a song that sounds like this. I mean, to bringing all those things in. W- was it ever to a point, though, that you said, we have to be a different band? Not so much because of personally, but because maybe critically. You know, I think we, we didn't have to say that. I yeah. think we just acted that way. I think we would we would write a song, you know, that maybe was reminiscent of Cape Dory or even Young and Old, and we would just... Feel like we'd done that already. Yeah, yeah. or it wasn't yeah. good enough or something. Yeah. And, and then I, we would just Sometimes I read criticisms where they wish, like, people wish we would just keep writing songs like Marathon, our very first mm-hmm. single we ever released. And I feel like um, there's something really special about that song, but I could never write that song again. Mm-hmm. And I 
not if I tried and not if, and I don't even want to. And I think it's just because you need to be, I mean, you have to be making yourself happier. There's absolutely no reason yeah. to be doing it. It might be an unfair question for you, and especially since I said I was going to uh, ignore backstories. But <laughs> there is that really great story in your past about not being brought up with pop music at all. Yeah. That it was just, you, you brought up on like classical and, and mm-hmm. things like that, right? Yeah. So it seems like either it would be an extra hard challenge to pick up all of these pop techniques or it's almost just like bursting with a whole new world suddenly and there it all is. Oh yeah, totally. It really was. And I mean, the funny thing is the more I've been reading, like I just read Linda Ronstadt's memoir mm-hmm. and you know, she's this amazing pop rock icon 70s and 80s but she grew up on the same music as I did mostly because she was like a child in the 40s or 50s or something she was but I she would make all these connections between old American standards like even like Gershwin songs Mm -hmm. and what she would be doing with like the stone ponies Mm -hmm. or something and Mm -hmm. I was like oh my gosh because that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking like we write a 70s rock song, but I'm going to sing it like I'm Judy Garland, 1960. How would that sound? Right. And that's what that's I good. like. And you can usually do a connection, a line. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I forget, uh, we were talking about how to, how to get from Stravinsky, uh, Stravinsky to the Strokes. Oh, yeah. W- which can be done w- without too much effort. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really cool, to actually, I guess, to hear a band. It's oh, kind of figured that out within I love it. Too. See, I like, I mean, we studied... Um, this is probably irrelevant, I'm realizing. But I, I, we studied philosophy in college. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part about that was just seeing how the whole history of like human consciousness was this long dialogue. Mm-hmm. And music is the exact same. And all, I mean, all art history is like this. And that's, I mean, the more that we've made music, the more I've gotten to know music and spend time with it and discover these links. Mm-hmm. That's the most incredible part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to bring up the producers part, um, you know, before we get too far into this. Uh, it's like you picked a holy trinity. I think that's what we were going for. Yeah, the holy trinity yeah. of producers. And we got uh, Patrick Carney, uh, Black Keys. Yeah. Uh, Brian, um, um, was it not? Jimmy Jim, Eno. Jimmy Eno. Yeah, we I did do that the, wrong. We not, do yeah. this. not a relative. I even wrote yeah. it down wrong. <laughs> uh, that would have been interesting. Uh, Jim Eno from Spoon. Yeah. And one of my favorite of all times, Richard Swift. Yep. Yeah. How do you take that? Because you did. You accomplished it. How do you do that and make a cohesive album? Because it's not like they're all three completely different from each other, but those are three different sounds, and you were Mm -hmm. going for different sounds with each one. How do you make a cohesive record come out of that? Well, the unifying thread is definitely us doing all the writing, Patrick Mm -hmm. and I. So... Um, and the other thing is that we would write... We wrote this, like, giant batch of songs, but then we imagined, like, in an ideal world, like, not every song is suited to every producer mm-hmm. and um, even the best producer. So we just imagined like I- ideal world, who would we give which songs to? Mm-hmm. And that's what we ended up being able to do. Yeah, we didn't want to treat this like, I guess we had treated our previous albums. We wanted this to just kind of be a new thing. And we were just mm-hmm. felt like, you know, there was a batch of songs that could really benefit from the like power and minimalism in Patrick Carney's production. Mm-hmm. And then we felt like there was a batch of songs that could benefit from like the kind of heart and soul of and like vintageness of the Richard Swift recordings. And then there was a batch that we felt like, you know, could benefit from like the, I feel like Jim is like a really delicate producer. Like he's really good at just fine tuning songs and getting all the intricacies worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we called up all these people and somehow they all said yes. Yeah. It's really different though than, you know, with like, 
a pop pop star goes after five different mm-hmm. producers and and it, it sounds like five different producers it i mean does, these are yeah. these are a batch of songs that was coming from the same place and yeah. then mm-hmm. individually doled out to this exactly. is what the strength we want and Wanna- that's because that that pop star probably or usually isn't writing all those so it's sure, different sure. writers and, they and different don't have producers the choice. Yeah, yeah like right, a lot right. a lot of the higher ups don't have they don't really grant that choice to artists to work with any producer they want they, mm-hmm. Because, like, it's just, you know, they don't want to risk losing money on it or something. They want to go with their tried and true. (sighs) Yeah, we're lucky that we get to do whatever we want even if it's a dumb idea. (laughs) But we (laughs) We still get to do it. (laughs) it, But even with that, it doesn't always work for mm-hmm. every artist and no. it did it totally worked again it comes back to being a great record uh, a video is out for bad girls um which is not really the first single but ends up being the first video and and i, I did at least maybe in a tmz sort of way wonder is like was there anyone you were pinpointing out in that for bad song? girls yeah yeah actually that song it's it's about me but um it's, That's like the most personal song mm-hmm. on the album, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's the only song on the record where I wrote the lyrics first uh-huh. and wrote a melody to carry the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I never do that. Lyrics are always the very, very last thing that yeah. come in a song. But yeah, it's definitely about me um, kind of realigning my beliefs about the world mm-hmm. and maybe like a little justification of that. <laughs> Even bad girls can do good things. Yeah. <laughs> I now have to go back and re-listen to that song. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. with that in mind. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the video, and then I guess I was reading something else about you guys being David Lynch fans. And, oh, yeah. uh, and And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, it almost, it, it does. It, it makes sense. And, and, and maybe even in, in the... Uh, uh, the faceless uh, album artwork, how this common suburbia can look so much like a horror film. Absolutely. That's <laughs> my... Just a touch of paint. <laughs> yeah. That's it, right? yeah. I love like... I love a beautiful thing that's either a little bit ugly or a little bit frightening, yeah. but it's still beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all come through in a really, really great record. Again, I can't compliment you guys enough on this. Thank so you. Congratulations. Of you. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you on further down the road, and thanks very much for stopping in. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. The Weekly Feed. Feed.